just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in, we're measuring flicks. Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I am Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson, and we have begun what is, oh my god, of this year. It is the month that I may be most excited for. I'm gripping your box. <laughs> I'm gripping your Conan box. Because, which is typical. Which is typical. I am so fucking excited about the next two months ahead of us. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. welcome to our our eight-week exploration of Roger Corman. And we're not talking about... We're not talking about the Roger Corman you may know. We're not talking about Little Shop of Horrors Corman here. We're not Mm-mm. talking about other movies... That that you would know. <laughs> well, we we did one Roger Corman movie in season one. We did uh, Caged, Caged Heat. Heat, which became like the dark horse mm-hmm. runner up. It made it. I think it was like it ended up being fourth. It was on the table at the in the final shootout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Caged Heat made it in our top four movies of the year, which gave us the idea we we want to do two full months. We we're on like, this fuck, dude. let's go yeah. see what else Corman's got. And uh, so today, what we're talking about is his 1969 film, Bloody Mama. So it's directed by Roger Corman, and what one of the first things that you notice about this Ooh, movie you is knocked over your tiki. I did. The cast is fucking incredible. No, like no joke, right? So it's go through it. Yeah, starring Shelley Winters, uh, Pat Hingle, Don Stroud, Diane Varsi, Robert De Niro. Like I think this is his first. I think this is where he becomes Robert De Niro. I'm fairly certain Jack Nicholson is a producer. On this, mm-hmm. it's John Nicholson, but J- Jack Nicholson in early AIP days worked really closely with Roger Corman on oh, a yeah. bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote the trip. He has production credits on Easy Rider, which is not technically an AIP picture, but like all those guys came through the Roger it's Corman nuts, school. Man. So Robert De Niro's in this. He's like twenty years yeah, old, like twenty two, and he's not even like a bit part. He's you know a what? Lead. He almost looks like a not Bill Pullman. He does. Way. Oh my god, he does kind of have that like rangy gangly but the weird part about robert de niro in this movie for me is he looks like robert de niro in awakenings looks like robert de niro in meet the fockers like his body will change his hair will change but his face is always the same isn't that crazy i had the same thought i'm like wow bob just looks like bob (laughs) he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't look that much different than he did in like the godfather i mean clearly he looks younger yeah yeah yeah. but youth it's like a youthful thing his face is so featured and unique like yeah and the face the puckery face still got like pucker face his 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 lips are still downturned kind of and one of the things i well we'll we'll talk about it as we go but for being 20 years old for being in a kind of rompy roger corman film all of the like Heavy, not all. There's one other bit. I Most think of the but brothers all, are doing, but all of like the 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 heavy cinematic stuff. There are scenes in here that look like they're or that that play out like they're from like an Oscar mm-hmm. picture. Some. And the yeah some and the ones that the most of the ones that have that like weight to them mm-hmm. are Robert De Niro's scenes. Yeah. So uh, let's not forget. First of all, Scatman Crothers shows Just, up. When I saw his name pop up in the credits, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I missed his name in the credits. So when he shows up in Act Three, I was like, "Oh Whoa. my god, 
Scatman Crothers. This I is hope great. he makes it. <laughs> yeah, like oh, as soon as he gets in the house, oh, he's getting an axe. Yeah, in the exactly. Back. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the <laughs> axe to come. Can dude, you fucking imagine if it was like he turns around oh to get their God. bags and Ma Barker puts an axe in his back, and you're like, typecast. You should have seen that coming. Right, I'm you just knew. Saying, yeah, you this knew. is on you. You knew that this. You is, know, I mean, fool me once. <laughs> Shame on me. I mean, The Shining's not for a little bit, but shame on somebody. <laughs> shame on you for getting your axe right. back. Um, Someone should have watched also, The Shining. And also, Bruce Nebraska Hateful Eight Dern. Fucking Bruce Dern, dude. Again. And I have a note later you on. Seen the trip yet? But he is. Have. I have not. He's he's kind of dreamy in this. Like when oh, he first shows up, dude. Bruce Dern in this, one of the darker I'm like, characters, I'm right? Like, he is, but I kind of want him to take advantage of me just a little bit. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Bruce Dern, I was never really aware of him until I saw this movie called Nebraska. It's a black and white film. Bruce Dern plays an old CM Oh my man. God, yeah, it only came out a couple years ago, right? It's black and it's white. Like, Three, maybe six. Four, it had a lot of Oscar. It did, like, yeah. It's and buzz. it's incredible. I've uh, that movie made me cry harder than any film I've ever seen. Fuck. Like that is the movie that will break Fuck. your tear ducts. But so I saw him in that, and then having seen him in that, I'm like, oh wait a minute, that guy's in Django Unchained. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, shit, that's that dude from Hateful Eight. Yep. And it's not like he wasn't doing work before, but that's how I came to him. And then when I started watching old Corman pictures, he's in the trip. He plays the. He plays the buddy who he plays the trip sitter. So he okay. the guy the guy does LSD and Bruce Stern's the guy who's like talking him through the whole experience and he's fucking awesome in it. Yeah. And then he pops up in this and it's a dark as shit like twisted weird role and again Bruce Stern is excellent yes. in this movie. So anyway, um despicable people that you actually f- he plays a despicable character that is somehow lovable. <laughs> I don't know fucking how that is even possible. It's, it's like the way the the Devil's Rejects are kind of lovable. Like right, you like you like them all. Like, why do I love Sid Haig so much? He's despicable. Like <laughs> you're like baby's voice is so grating, but sh- God, right? She's, I love her and I want to watch more of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, before we get too far into the movie, let's shut the Patreon the, yes, out. So. We've we've kind of been screwing this up lately. We put it at the end of the show, and people haven't been hearing about it. So, if you like this show, or if you've just discovered it, hold off till the end, and then make up your mind. We don't want you to rush into anything. <laughs> right. But don't for the words, anymore. but for those of you who've been loving the show, if you want to support the show and help us keep the lights on and doors open and fund various productions and things like that, you can head on over to Patreon.com/slash/QuillAndFilm. Q U I L L A N D F I L M. You can get shoutouts on the show. You can get bonus content. Carl and I do. All all of our sequels and remakes mm-hmm. and our oddball offbeat movies that might not fit in the main a minimum season. two episodes a month you and will get sometimes more uh, those patrons from last year found out in december when that they christmas bag dropped them like 31 episodes <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> took us almost half a year to record all of yeah those. so we we put out a lot of content over on patreon and they are full length episodes it's the same thing you hear here just the movies are a little crazier over right. there um so and we uh, at the end of the show we'll shout out all the people who've uh, kept us going as long as we've been going but we do we do want to shout out someone at the top of the show not a patron but someone who's helped the mm-hmm. show immensely Kristen Lee Stewart she did all of our photography all the new uh, the, the that hyper disturbing they're really disturbing that, our faces that pushed seems together to fuck everyone What's up great, when I went to it. Kristen at a, I think it was a rehearsal like a months ago and I said Kristen I have it oh it was when I was doing the 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 mashup, the rock and roll mashup. Yeah, thing. I was like, "Do you think that you could do like a photo of Max and a photo of me, and then like mush our heads together, like it's one half as him?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I can do that." 
And then she was like, and then you know she, what that's going to look like, right? God have mercy <laughs> right. on you, too. <laughs> but she, like, legit, I mean, she went to work on that thing. Mm-hmm. She actually had to do some rhinoplasty on her <laughs> noses to get everything to line it up. Looks but amazing. she does incredible work. She's actually going to be shooting our wedding in October. She's going to be our wedding Not photographer. Not me and Carl's wedding. Right. <laughs> Carl and Danielle's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> get to clarify. Though I wouldn't, breaking, I wouldn't wed you. Breaking news, yeah. dude. We're as close to married as you can I get know, without, like, the sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the way Actually, we're more married than uh, than our uh, me and Bird and you and Danielle because we don't have sex. That's true. We have a stereotypical marriage. Right. You and we're I. just like we sit down. One shared interest, but mostly <laughs> right. like there's no passion anymore. Oh, <laughs> passionate. Yeah, listen, so but Kristen is amazing, and uh, she is going to have her own uh, website up here soon for photography. We're going to definitely shout that out once she yes. gets all that up and running. But I want we did a Facebook Live uh, thing earlier, and we thanked our patrons. And I, as soon as that ended, I'm like, damn it, we should have thanked Kristen on that Facebook because right because she's awesome because she's been doing she's she's been helping out the show with like time and energy. Yeah, which exactly. Is awesome. Yeah. And so. for those of you out there who'd like to help with time and energy, what you can do to contribute is rate and review us on iTunes um like written reviews and five star reviews help this show get into more ears and that's what we want to do we want to invade ears (laughs) left and right um so uh, and then just so we have this housekeeping shit out of the way if you want to drop us a line it's measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com we'll thank the patrons at the end of the show but Let's get into Let's do the Bloody show. Mama Oh I keep saying Bloody Mary But it isn't So We're not Oh we're drinking Oh I, yeah I got us back on the Tiki train sorry, today I'm not gonna clap into the Directly into the microphone so That's like sorry. an editing point I'm gonna When I'm making the episode I'm like I guess I wanted to cut here <laughs> Just trim it And then listen to two hours And I'm like I don't hear a second just, clap What is wrong I, Was this me being like Fuck it Cut it all out cut Nothing all. is made I have, We haven't even said anything I just know it's gonna be garbage, garbage. Cut it um, So last week week when we did we did two episodes and i like a fool didn't have pineapple juice in the house mm-hmm. like what a, i needed that week off because i had some real bad stomach issues Dude, going me too. on because i changed my diet recently and right. a bunch of other stuff my, i'm outdoor. just starting to come down from mine a little bit i still got like some gastro shit but i, I think we both it yep. was a good thing that we didn't we drink needed, last we needed week. a bye week so what we're drinking today is since i put my phone away i'm gonna do it from memory we're drinking a blue hawaii in blue I was never going to interrupt that. That was just too good. So you drink it while I tell them what's in it. It's three ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of sweet and sour. You got to do homemade. You can't put that shit in a bottle. Three quarters ounce rum, three quarters ounce vodka. That's light rum. And then half an ounce of blue curacao. Shake the shit out of it and then pour unstrained. You want that like beat up licory ice. You throw that into a tiki mug. I've got our plastic backyard so you don't drop them when you're all drunk and fucked up at a barbecue. Uh, put it in some tiki mugs. Get yourself a uh, environmentally friendly, friendly metal bendy straw, and then put it in your mouth. Carl, what's your review? Will you marry me? They're pretty damn good, right? <laughs> this is really good, dude. It is so. I I do not I do not like fruity drinks. I don't yeah. like sweet drinks. I know I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking kettle one martini like extra dirty blue cheese olives kind of guy. That is my one year old white woman. No kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I think, dude. But, I, every time I see balls to kick, I oh, you're like, <laughs> I can't. Dude, they're hanging so low. It's like I've got a doop doop. I'm like, I can't not. So, but I, I felt, I felt like that's more like a what's yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. splash of cranberry. Um, 
uh, Cosmo. Cosmo. That's yeah. the thirty-one. Right? No, yeah, you're, no, but, yeah, I'm but just so I like the booze. I like right. like hundred and ten proof bourbons and shit. You've like, drunk, yeah, and you've drunk some pretty pretty gnarly scotches. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm and with, I love this stuff. We drink the I same way. I don't like the fr- the fr- this though. Mm-hmm. That is that is delicious, and I think it's all because this the real tiki drinks. Yes, it's genuine Polynesian versus mm-hmm. like. All right, everyone, we're doing banana daiquiris. And you're like, banana daiquiri is not a tiki drink. It's sugar and Oh, my God. I tell people all the time because I make, I I like to make lots of stuff. I make Mai Tais and stuff. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I love tiki drinks. And I'll whip them together like a zombie or I'll whip them together like a classic tiki drink. And they're like, oh, my God, so strong. I'm like, that's a Polynesian cocktail. I don't know what shit you're drinking at home. Exactly. But it's not tiki. Well, what they're doing at home is is they're mixing the shit you buy off Sorry. the shelf, the the pre-made daiquiri mix. Yeah, yeah, and they're, yeah. They're not even using regular rum. They're they're mixing it with like Malibu or some shit. Coconut rum. Coconut <laughs> rum with. They're like, let me make you a tiki drink, and I'm like, how about get out of my house? <laughs> how about you leave and never come back? Take your Malibu with you. So your forty proof <laughs> Malibu. So forty proof Malibu. Your twenty eight proof Malibu. <laughs> get that shit out of my face. And they're like, what's mm. that? What's what'd you just put in there? I'm like, it's gonna melt through the bottle if I if I don't <laughs> right? get it back in the fridge I quick. Need to get back in the fridge. <laughs> so today we're drinking blue Hawaii's. Dude, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, I am. So first off, right off the bat, God, I love the Orion logo. Yeah. Every yeah. time that the pops up, stars. the spinning and then Ryan I'm just, with you oh I just love it it's <laughs> oh, so I knew I knew I was in for a good time and then and then I was like oh fuck don't do this to me I thought okay don't my, do it to me my note movie. is is Roger Corman about to spit on our grave he, he did he doesn't but you know the, there was grave spitting happening off camera so right I was very Man, I'm like, I think in some weird way I got ground down and my nerves are kind of raw still yeah. about the rape thing. Me too, very movies. much. So, because when they cut away, I was like, thank you for doing that rather than showing Holding me it, yeah. 45 minutes of the, oh my God. And it, it still manages to be harrowing. Yes. Because basically what's happening is young, it's not Shelley Winters, but it's Shelley Winters' character. It's Bloody Mama as a young girl being chased by her brothers. Yeah. And they catch her and hold her down, and you're like, oh, no, it's her good. Her brothers are going to sexually assault her. And then her father comes out from behind a tree, and he's like, you got to take care of your family. Hold yeah. her, boys. And you're like, please, fuck. Don't oh, I can't, I can't yeah. even watch this. And then, choop, we cut away. It's the future. No, it's not the future. It's like minutes later minutes or whatever. Later, and she's, she's wandering around, around yeah. and she mm-hmm. goes, I'm going to have a big family, a bunch of boys who'd kill for me and die for me. And you're like, ah, there's the premise of the film. Right. Got it. In some small way, I do because we talked about it with "I Spit on Your Grave." With those movies, you need, you really do need the rape. You need to watch that so that the revenge feels right, right? So that the revenge works. Because the stakes have to be right. It has to be equal stakes. You know, we can't like if we did if we did what Roger Corman did here and then did all the revenge in "I Spit on Your Grave," you'd be like, "This is a harsh chick." Right. <laughs> this chick <laughs> is really going overboard, but. uh I think that in some ways, this movie, you need to see that one. It's a brief. touch of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a minute long. You need to see the incident. It was long incident. enough for me after season one. Right, well, right, like right. you said, kind of ground down a little bit. On. So you, But you need to see that so that when you see her as an adult and see what she eventually devolves to and see how screwed up her kids and her family are, that it makes sense. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just like, these fucking suck. 
psycho people. <laughs> and they are, my friend. They are definitely psycho people. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the uh, the gun catalogs? I have a note. I said a gat for under four dollars. Oh my god! Shit! <laughs> I, for one second, dude, I felt like like a, like a like deep kid? South Republican or something because <laughs> Bird's sitting on the couch and I'm like, oh my god, a Tommy gun for sixteen dollars and twenty eight cents? Fuck! Are you kidding me? Oh, it's thirty eight police special for eleven dollars right. and t- change. You know? You had a thirty. No, thirty eight was like four ninety five or something. Oh my like, yeah, they had handguns for like sub five dollars, and I'm like, how good could that 1911 <laughs> right. be if they're selling it for six bucks? Is this a Taiwanese 1911? Right, exactly. But no, the the I just thought that was a cool like that's a really that's kind of a cool nod because in a weird way it's it's guns. Yep. But it's also shopping from catalogs, which yes. is like you could mail order a Tommy gun. Yeah. Yeah, you could. And 100,000 rounds of ammunition. Sears and Roebuck like, will send it to your front door. <laughs> Holy shit. No, no legislation. Well, they didn't even ban fully automatic weapons till like, what, 1969? Something like that. 71? I mean, it was... That's why you can still own full auto Mac 10s, because okay. they were manufactured before the ban. Jesus. Not screwy. It is. But uh, I, I liked the gun catalog thing, because it's kind of like... It does a lot in one little thing. It, it lets you know exactly what, what time you're in. And it is doing that weird thing where it's like, okay, this is going to be, they're showing us guns. It's not a Sears catalog and they're showing us, you know, gardening equipment. Spring, so, spring swims. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, this is a movie about violence and. But I love the catalog. Yeah. Because it's, it feels, it it's, it's like domestic gangsters. Yeah. You're like, mm, there's a coupon in here for a new, <laughs> the new yeah, Mac Rob. I'm not buying them, the, I'm not buying the Tommy gun until it comes down on the 15th. Right. <laughs> ah, they got a blue light special on Tommy guns. Bro. You're like, well, if I clip this coupon, right. I get 10% off my next you get fully free, automatic you get free order. free ammo for a year. Right. It's like, like holy shit. You, you, they, draw this, they draw the circle, you know, you're, like the things oh, you're yeah, interested the thing in. Oh, yeah, you want when so you get a pencil <laughs> circle around the, uh, around like the bazooka. Like you wish listing for Christmas. Right. Like JP's, JP kind of... JC Penny catalog, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're just like, well, you know, if they if we save for the full right. year, we could probably afford a seventeen dollar RPG. Okay, right, <laughs> it's exactly. crazy how cheap the weapons are. But I love the song too. It felt to me like a funnier, the bloody better- mama song. Yeah, better than the one last the house. Last on house the, on the yeah. left. It felt exactly like the last house yes. on the left, but it worked rather than yes. be dumb. Where it's like this one sounded. It felt like a, a musician actually like thought about it, right? And made it make sense. And it's charming. I'm on in a weird sort of way that I like the the songs in Last House on the I Left. I know, though, but yeah, but it's it is. It's great. It's one of those songs I almost want to cover it. Yeah, way. that would be you know? fun. <laughs> it would be totally fun. I feel like measuring flicks, to, we do need to have like a cover band of some things that we come up with on the show mm-hmm. or that we talk I about. I would cover this. I would cover The Last House on the mm-hmm. Left music because it's so fucking weird. It's just weird. It's so strange. Um, so th- so after the opening credit, or after the that title sequence, we kind of jump into meeting her family. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things you see, which is, you, I had mental wheel spin watching it, because it's like <laughs> here's Shelly Winters, she's scrubbing one of her fully grown sons in the holy shit, year is old that man. Robert De Niro? Yes. It's Robert De Niro naked in a in a metal, one of those like metal wash, wash basins yes. getting towel whipped by some dude who's not Robert De Niro and you're like do you fucking know who he is? Don't you dare hit him with a towel. He will hit, he will come to your head with a baseball bat if you're not careful. Yeah, like, you're gonna wake up next to a horse's head. Yeah, my <laughs> like, brain went full stop, dude. It was like we're not even gonna <laughs> downshift. Just <laughs> my transmission flew out <laughs> from underneath my brain. Just 
parts all over the road. It was, yeah. When you see it, you're like, I don't know if I can even watch this movie now because the whole time I'm just going to be like, it's him again. It's him. It's Bobby De Niro. He's back. But I don't know him well enough to call him Bob or Bobby. Bob I'll call Reno. him Mr. Robert, Sir Robert De Niro. Sir Robert. He's not been knighted. In my mind, he has been, though. Duke so. Robert De Niro. Duke Robert De Niro. But it's him just in the tub like, oh, ma, you're scrubbing me too hard, ma. Oh, ma. And his, yeah. his brother's whipping him, whipping him with the towel. And he's like, hey, stop whip, Stop whipping me. Stop whip. Oh, ma. Gee, I'm getting so scrubbed up, ma. And you're like, okay, Robert De Niro, you're one day going to be excellent. But right now, you need to just calm down right. a little. He gets excellent, though. In Holy this. fuck, does he ever. I know. Um, speaking of Robert De Niro getting whipped with a towel, can <laughs> let's, can I just jump forward? Cause it's the, it's the yeah. only thing that I cannot, I can't sit on it. That dude gets a legit fucking wine bottle in the face. Mm-hmm. Blasted. Dude, it, it's not candy glass. It doesn't break. When it hits his head, no, you hear like, dunk, yeah, and he not- screams and yeah. clutches his face. There's a scene later in this movie where they're going to like, they're going to kill a woman <laughs> oh, it's the one that he finds at the lake. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like dragging her out of the room, and he's cowering in a corner, and he's like, "I just wanted to be friends with her." Because he's a, he. We find out as the movie progresses, mm-hmm. heroin addict, or morphine, maybe who knows. But our, one of our first thing nominees for yes. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. One of the one of the brothers throws a either a liquor bottle or a wine bottle at his head. And I swear to God, I watched the scene like five times because I'm like, did they did they pull a Twelve Years a Slave where it's CG? That's what I thought too. But this is 1969. 1969. <laughs> you're like, there's no CG. What they did is they fucking blasted hit, a bottle in his face, and it hits him in the face, dude. Like a bottle just straight up, like bang, and he grabs his face like he's gonna die. And you're like, and that was the day that Robert De Niro died. <laughs> That's the day he became a man. It's fucking <laughs> like, nuts, seriously. dude. I'm like, I can't believe they. I mean, okay, once you have that shot, maybe it was meant to, like, shatter on the wall above his head or something. Right. Well, this is the other thing. Shots like that, in Corman movies especially, exist because of the fucking shooting schedule that Corman has. They probably shot this thing in, like, 18 days, max. Like, I think I read somewhere that the shoot was, like, three weeks. Three weeks? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Like so, <laughs> I mean, if they probably thought of it on the day. They're like, we don't have time to go get a bottle. Or they just did it, like... When you're shooting that quick, yeah, like shit like that will just happen. They, the fact that they let it, that I feel like with Corman films, because I've seen, I've seen a bunch of them. We're gonna do a bunch for the show, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited about. God, I feel like excited. when stuff goes weird and like a disaster happens on set, Corman's like, "Well, that was fortuitous. Cut it in." Exactly. He's like, "The gods have smiled upon us this day. This Keep is, it in." This is like uh, kind of like meta meta gaming a little. But when we cover the Wild Angels. There's a scene in that movie where a bunch of bikers destroy a church and they rented out a church and they're like, we're going to have some bikers in here and they're going to go crazy. And the church people were like, "Okay, that's fine. And then the bikers went legit fucking crazy and trashed the place for real. Holy shit. And Corman's like, "Okay, Uh, look, here's what we're going to do. We rented it. We're going to we're going to pay for the damages. We're so sorry. But there's no way I'm not cutting the scene into the movie because this is they all just went apeshit. They went fucking crazy. And Corman's like. I guess keep rolling because we're not going to unbreak that. Right. You know? <laughs> it's broken now. So like with this one, like Robert De Niro has the presence of mind. To just, or maybe he's just so stunned that he gets hit by the bottle. And he just starts screaming into his hands. You're like, all right. So the moment he breaks character, that's where we'll that's cut. Where but cut this it. is going in because he just took a bottle to the face. I mean, why would you not want to use that? You're getting something that you cannot recreate. Can't, because Can't no. do that again. Nope. You're like, hey, that looked good, but we're going to do it again because we got the wrong angle. One, Robert De Niro's like, going to tell you, go fuck yeah. yourself. And two. <laughs> 
You might kill a person. Yeah, you could. You might have a dead person on he's set. He's gonna have now. no eye. Right. <laughs> like, you and can't. then you don't get the untouchables. You don't get awakenings. You don't get, you get Godfather don't get, Two. You don't get any of that shit. Mm-mm, raging Bull never happens. Oh no, my god. <laughs> you don't get oh heat. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, to, to, continue, to jump back to the beginning of the movie Caffeine and, and this boost. I'm gonna be on a whole Do you have any CBD oil or anything I could just <laughs> chug right We're now We're gonna mellow out in between episodes I feel like Hunter but, S. Thompson right now I, do a I need a too. fucking I, should <laughs> I need to smoke a cigarette and do a line of cocaine And have some shivers The last like, thing you Jesus. need is cocaine right now dude I'm telling you The, the coffee and the uh, Something about tiki Yeah I this is not a drink where you're like mm, I just want to talk about movies. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. it's appropriate on a Roger Corman. It is. I, that's why I liked it for this season. Mm-hmm. It feels of the sixties. Well, and yeah, 70s. it's kind of trashy to drink at nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And if there's one thing that we bring to the the listening public, it's trash. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So to get back to Roger Corman and violence captured on film. Uh, what, before I talk about it, real, oh, a broad overview, broad strokes. What do you think of Shelley Winters in this movie? Ooh, she's a little over the top sometimes. I think it fits okay. here. Yeah. But there are moments where I'm like, ooh, that's a little too big. But then I have to realize where I am and what I'm watching we're and gonna, it works. We're going to talk about a huge moment that I couldn't believe it worked. Mm-hmm. It is, it's the hugest moment in the movie. I think movie. that if she isn't. Because sometimes it takes me a while to percolate on a movie, especially performance, because right. I just like my brain just keeps spinning it and spinning it and yeah. spinning it. My initial reaction was like really couldn't stand her performance is too over the top. But I think if it's not that big, then the character doesn't work. She she, she becomes a character that you despise instead of one that is sort of over the top, maybe a little bit cartoonish. Mm-hmm. I mean, she go, I mean, she sleeps with her own children for Christ's sake. Like she's doing horrible things. There's in this movie. heavily implied incest. Well, it, it's hap. I mean, she full on <laughs> picks heavily one. Implied. She picks one for the night. To snuggle yeah. with. Yeah. So it's heavily there's, implied. There's a cut. There's a brilliant bit of editing in here that I thought was, cause okay. Even in 1969, there are certain things that it's very hard to get away with in a movie. Mm-hmm. Open incest is one of those things, right? And they and a gay relationship too. They skate the line very. They they know exactly where the line is, and Corman is constantly like touching his toe to the other side of the line, but never so much that mm-hmm. that that the movie could. I have get an interesting charges. note about the, the well thought the gay about relationship. the gay relationship too. By the way, so really quick though, the editing to imply the incest was fucking brilliant. Absolutely, she comes into she has a very heavy appetite. Shelly went, uh, mama. mama yeah. yeah. So mama comes into the room and she's like, she's like, uh, it was right after Harold Hector Halbert. Oh, um, the bad one. Herman. Herman. It yeah. was right after Herman kills especially that. Herman. Herman's it's, the bad, bad. Right. It's right after Herman kills that guy. She comes in. She's like, here's what we'll do, Herman, because Herman's fucking distraught because he's a psycho. And that we'll talk about it as we go. But that's a really interesting note for that character is he struggles with he's like, I don't know why he, I did it. He knows he's a monster. He's sick. Yeah. He's legitimately sick yep. where it distresses him that he's so violent. Um, but he she's like owning it, though. He's like, here's what we'll do. Will. How about you? Um, you'll sleep with mama tonight. Yep. And you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. And when we cut to Herman rolling off a woman or uh yeah rolling off of a woman and, and the like, hair is very similar you're like, you're like holy don't do this shit. holy shit i can't yeah. believe he fucked his oh wait it's just i had the exact same reaction and how perfect how 
that's some great filmmaking happening right there. What an, what an amazing Because we went edit. there. Right. Because it's implied so much the, the we... That is our assumption is that he's rolling off of his mother. Right. And because he's rolling, but, but even though he's rolling off someone else, the implication is back in the past when we were talking about, that's what he did. Yeah. And there's, there is one moment in here where mama kisses Herman directly on the mouth. And it's a long kiss. It's It's not like how you kiss your mother or your father. It's like, no, it is a kiss kiss. They are there. It is Tom Brady kissing his son. Yeah. It's upset. It is a kiss that's upsetting right. and uncomfortable as that other kiss that we all saw making the rounds about a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> I missed it somehow. Okay. You've never seen that video? I'm not gonna. You should. <laughs> it's it's Tom Brady's son comes in. He's I like, have to play a molester on stage. Dad, I don't want to have to like. <laughs> I can't wait to just write movie after movie about child molesters <laughs> cast just as a prank. We'll dump like thousands of dollars of budgets into just me making you play molester. No, stop it. I won't. Anyway, Tom Brady's laying on a massage table and his son comes in. He's like, Dad, can I have five bucks or whatever the hell? And Tom Brady's like, sure. What do I get for it? And he goes, what do you, okay, what do you want? He goes, give me a kiss. And his son comes over and gives him a peck on the lips, on the lips, and goes to leave. And Tom Brady goes, that wasn't a kiss. And there's another man massaging Tom Brady's like naked body as he lays on this table with just like a, as in my head, it's a one by one washcloth over his genitals. It's, right, prob- it's, it's like probably a, a towel, stamp, yeah, but yeah. he's got like, you know, it's got, he's got a tassel on it. Like that's <laughs> he's got a little, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's, he's got his football helmet over it, you know, the rarely seen cock pasty, <laughs> the cock pasty. Yeah. A pasty cock, is, a cock pasty. pasty is, yeah. Is, is a, when it's, a cock it's the finished version of American pie. <laughs> 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 I gotta get one of those cock passes. And you and your friends can have this much fun as well if you make tiki drinks at 9.30 in the morning. But the kid comes back over, leans over Tom Brady while this other man's massaging around the cock pasty, (laughs) and kisses his dad full on the mouth for no exaggeration, probably five seconds, six seconds. Is this still on the air? You can is find it. Is like it. a commercial? You can't, no, it's just like a candid behind. Here's the the lives of the Patriots. It's like one of those deals. Oh, fuck. It's like behind the... Behind, what What are they like? They're just like you and I, making out with their children. <laughs> it's like fucking... It's, really, it's a really uncomfortable video, Carl, and I highly recommend that you and all of well, us... Cho- well, they're choking it. down a cock pasty. Sweet. <laughs> it's pretty awful, yeah. Um, but to, to get... No part of me wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> to get back... There's a little, I kind of want to see it. The tiny sliver of your yeah, brain. Like the curiosity, the, the part that wants to see the train wreck. It's, like the, bit, that's, it's the bit that will de- will give a full 60 seconds to keeping up with the Kardashians when you see it. You're yeah. like, I wonder if something really mm-hmm. fucked up is going to happen. Right. <laughs> okay, but to jump back, right. <laughs> to jump back to Bloody Mama and violence, actual violence in Roger Corman movies. I have a note. Shelly Winters slapping faces like a straight up hard ass. It's when the sheriff comes out and he's like, hey, so guess what? You're dude, this. This movie is actually this is a, something that came up in Caged Heat. Corman movies always feel jaunty and fun and somehow also manage to be among the darkest. Films they get you've super ever watched. heavy. Yeah, it's insane how Sh- that. A sheriff comes out and is like, hey, mama, what's up? I don't know her actual name, but he's like, mama, your kids, your son's here, your three boys. It's Kate Barker. Kate Barker, right, right. I knew it was, it was Mrs. Barker. He comes out and he's like, hey, hey, the, hey there, Kate. Uh, your boys, uh, they raped Annie St- 
Studebaker or whatever right. the hell her name is. And Kate's like, what? Who said that? Not my boys. Not my boys. Who's, who's spreading these lies? And he goes, Kate Studebaker. Or Annie Studebaker. Right, Annie I'm like, not Kate Studebaker, the, like, the sister, <laughs> like, the weird dumpy sister is like, Annie gets all the fun. Oh, my all God. All the fun. She gets all the... God damn it. Anyway. She gets all the boys. Annie, the well, the, that's what the sons, one of the sons say yeah. is like, Annie, Annie, Annie Studebaker will she always make, it with, for it. make yeah. it with anyone. Mm-hmm. And the, the sheriff goes, well, if, even if that's true, she usually doesn't get her arm broken doing right. it. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, shit. so these three sons, Herman, Robert De Niro, and the, the my favorite one, he eventually has like weird mustache, so mm-hmm. let's call him mustache guy. So like those three boys look at each other like, I mean, he's not wrong. We did, we did totally right. rape Annie's dude bigger. And that, the fact that it, it's interesting because we've just seen that Ma Barker has, was raped as a, yep. as a child. But she stands up for her family. That was her origin story. Her yeah. origin story is raped by a bunch of dudes exactly like her sons. And this is fucking crazy because she stands up to the sheriff and like, get him off our property. And then he knows she knows like we got to go on the run because you boys are going to be in trouble. But once the sheriff's gone, we cut to her reprimanding her children and smacking the shit out of them. when Shelly Winters slaps these actors, dude, you like see teeth coming mm-hmm. out she is fucking i was worried for their eyes because you take a, a stage slap the wrong way you can get your eyes cut you can i mean some fucking bad shit can get happen for open-handed oh, I know. slap there's a super cut on youtube of all the times i got slapped in that movie i made marlon nice. and i got i think that just in that cut which is not all the footage there's like 80 face slaps yeah and i, I was like i don't want to fake it because it looks dumb i've yeah, seen enough does. movies to know that a fake face slap looks like shit so i'm just like go for it hit me but they're all catching it they're all catching slaps, dude. Dude, Shelly Winters oh has a heavy palm, too. You can see, like, their heads rock yep. back. Like, their palms getting all red left and sore. Left on the yep. dudes is blowing out. You're like, these guys have brain injuries. <laughs> they've got, like, boxing problems Yeah, they've all, now. all like, the rest of they've got cauliflower here for the rest of the movie. You're they're, like, they're all sliced alone in Rocky Four. like, I can't find no warm-up. Call me, Mick. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, Shelly Winters, dial the slap yeah. back for a second. She hits Robert De Niro in the face so hard. Robert De Niro gets beat up in this movie. He does. He he catches a lot. He has of a heat. lot of of moments where you're just like, oh, dude. But I feel he is the, he's a punching bag of the family. It is, and and the fact which that, I think is why he he like he starts by huffing glue and then eventually turns to heroin. I, I think if you are the punching bag, is he the youngest? Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Obviously, and you know, like this movie in a weird way, it's movies like this more than The Godfather Part Two. Or Raging Bull, or even Taxi Driver. It's movies like this where infinity respect for Robert De Niro. Absolutely. When you see actors pop up and shit like this, and it's a it's a schlocky B movie, and they're doing work, mm-hmm. and they're putting themselves their first into time it. doing work too, like, like going for it, man. Like mm-hmm. when you you might be young, you might be a little green, but. You're not just like, it's a paycheck, it's a fun time. Sometimes green carries more honesty than than years of of doing the doing the work, you know? Because mm-hmm. you're you don't have anything else to draw on except your raw experience. Like right. sometimes green is I think more truthful sometimes. And it's just it can be awkward too. And that's what it's one of the things that I like about films like this. And also if it, we've talked about this before, like Early Daniel Craig when he's in weird shit like Layer, layer cake. cake or like I always Love go is to the Layer Devil Cake yeah or Hotel Splendide. There's something about a, a strange movie 
that puts you off balance and allows you in a weird way to be to enjoy the performances more where you're like oh it's a it's a daniel craig vehicle and you're like it's not though it's like this weird indie thing it's why i like jim jarmusch so much but Mm -hmm. speaking of that speaking of a strange movie that demands strange things from its audience would you think of ma barker straight up defending the kkk and roger corman having the gumption to show an actual actual, picture of a lynching a lynching yeah so my note about that is holy Fuck, dude. Well, one, I don't think that he is. We have to show how despicable this family, the family is. is right? Yeah, yeah. But they straight up say they're KKK supporters. They're racist as fuck. I mean, overtly, they show overtly. So. She and she's talking about uh, how the the northern whites want to abolish this or stop flinchings from happening. Well, they like, even put ins- they even put through legislation to an anti lynching bill. Yeah. Luckily a big group of people went down to protest it and we're watching All footage the K- of the KKK. Thousands of, of people in hooded white robes. It's great cuz she's the, it starts with like her her indignance that they would what you're going to put through an anti-lynching bill that is ridiculous. And they're from Arkansas, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they they are painted into the racist right. corner very early. Now what I think one other one thing I think is really interesting is there's only one of them that behaves racist in real life because the racism we see is implied in voiceover. Right. And co- by I mean, mom especially. I think mom is racist number she's 1. She's the only voiceover in the movie. Well, yeah. But I think as, as far as the family is concerned, yeah. she wears the the crown of racism and it sort of dilutes as we go well we i think it's kind of interesting uh, i would disagree because de niro's the youngest mm-hmm. and de oh, he's niro like is the, the most only overt ra- right. like he's we, he's the one giving Scatman shit and making fun of him at the see, end uh, we see a um an overt racist exchange like we it's one thing for mama to be like thank god all those good christians went and got it so we could right. still lynch black people which you're you're sitting there and you're like holy Jesus. shit but robert de niro is the one who kicks Overt. dirt on yeah. scatman crothers with by mocking his voice and his yeah. accent <laughs> biggest gay he ever saw biggest and you you dude you hate, hate him you mm-hmm. hate robert de niro a couple times in this movie because he does de niro throughout the film kind of plays like lenny a little like, bit like show me the rabbits he's such an idiot right. that you're like i almost can't be mad at him but the second that he starts mocking scatman crothers you're like fuck, fuck you. you yeah you i know, hope you you're die. no longer and then no the next scene is him dying you. and you're like oh i didn't mean it <laughs> but how i mean that's just speaks to to performance too and and writing he's good as well he's so good. yeah like oh my god dude I, okay we didn't do usually we go like did you like it did you not and we skipped mm-hmm. it because we both so clearly yeah. like it but the first thing i did when i went to work after i watched this movie is i was like guys i know that i come in and tell you all the time like i just watched this amazing movie but i watched a movie that is so fucking weird 1969 yeah. bloody mama if you guys can find it this movie is off the wall and it's so enjoyable like I wish that I had been watching this. This is one to spin with people because I was by myself in the house. I watched it kind of with Bird, but kind of not. I also watched it alone, but yeah. it was fun. I think Corman pictures. I kept looking good. at the couch like like other people are there. Like, huh? What can you believe? No one's here. Did you see uh, that? <laughs> okay, I'll just write a note about it instead. <laughs> um. So no, to me, like this is Corman. Period. This this is Corman. Any Corman picture is more fun with other people. Absolutely. They're, and I, I like. I grew up. Cage with, Heat. I keep thinking about what would that have. What would that episode have been like if I spun it alone? I don't think it would have been the same. The fact that we all watched it and then immediately sat down, like, oh my god. 
This right. is this is a weird season because in season one, a lot of times when we spun a movie, it was out of necessity. It's like only one of us had it, or right. we hadn't had time to watch it, so let's spin it and do an ep- yeah. one episode. So, but it, it really is rolling the dice because you watch Drive Angry alone with your like with your you know um, your George Martin exactly. glasses on. You're like, I'm gonna review this. I sat down half drunk with all my roommates. And Drive Angry became one of my favorite yeah. Nicolas Cage movies. And that was the difference between the two of us is spinning it versus sitting down to watch it. it. Yeah. yeah. So with my feathered pen, <laughs> <laughs> your quill and your ink pot. Exactly. You're like, this is the lowest form mm, of comedy I've ever seen. I don't believe this is a film. <laughs> he doesn't seem to be enjoying sexual intercourse <laughs> at all. <laughs> but like, exactly. But like, uh, I feel like Corman flicks in a weird way are meant to be. You're sitting in your car, and there's a drive-in. They're meant full to be seen, you. yeah, in yeah. a drive-in with a bunch of people, and you're eating your hot dogs, and you right. and you got three people in your trunk that you snuck in, and you're all smoking reefer and shit. Exactly. Like that is you're like how forgetting you watch big chunks of the movie, yeah. and it's still like, funny. Where for the some fuck reason. are we at right now? Like, this is weird. I just got a Hummer behind a tree. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what's going on. What kind of friends do you have? I need better friends. I mean, the ones that you put in your trunk to sneak in, right? And the they, cost, the cost, the cost of is, being smuggled in is you a Hummer. Gotta, you, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take one for the team. I get my special Hummer tree all picked out. <laughs> I always park near the Hummer tree. Right, well, you gotta pick There's the usually a line, but you know, <laughs> right. that's why you bring that's a drink. Why you bring a drink, right? <laughs> and you, you always can, go for a double feature because you, you want to make sure you have enough time. Right, you be, you can be watching the picture, you look over, and nope, there's a guy that is he's still there. <laughs> you want to give him respect, you don't want to eyeball him hey, too buddy, hard. Buddy, no, I don't mean to interrupt. Tell me when you're done. I'm gonna watch the movie. Just give me a tap. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you go sleep behind the Hummer tree right. with your sweetie or your trunk person. <laughs> <laughs> the, the base of the Hummer tree looks like a huge bullfrog sneezed on it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And there's every once in a while, there's a big swamp bubble. It's just boom. <laughs> Like <laughs> and it's all to the right of the tree just, because you know when you spit, you turn your head to the right. You never turn to no, the left. No, you're because those muscles are tight. And you know, why do you ever look that way? It's always look right. So there's the pile to the That's right. That's also where the screen is, right? So you can c- catch up real quick. Yeah. Anytime, anytime a guy or a girl stands up and walks to the left of the tree, you're like, "That's class." <laughs> <laughs> But that's how you watch the Corman flicks, man. Yeah, exactly. This this movie was so fun. I, I mean, I w- honestly, I know we were both so busy. I wish we had the fucking time. I know. To sp- if dude, come like if you came over, we sit down in the Zappa Kappa Studios with our popcorn and spin these with a, with people. That would yeah. be so fucking awesome. That season said, five when we, <laughs> when we when we're finally have enough money to uh, quit quit our jobs and live in or poverty. at least do a part time <laughs> jobs like one work twenty two hours a week. Good to go. I do work like 20 oh, fuck <laughs> I know I'm living the dream kind Carl. of are. um so we get this scene we can actually kind of gloss it but uh it's the scene where Herman steps on the old the man's foot on throat. throat yeah and I think it's I think it's kind of interesting that his brothers are all like ma wouldn't like it don't tell me what ma would or wouldn't like so the the kid his brothers don't stop him no from killing this old man yeah he's like the fairy the farrier, essentially, not yeah, farrier. That's uh, it, some no, of the horseshoes. It's the old man, from, right? Because uh, there's there's the old guy on the ferry, and then there's the old man in the truck, the other car on the ferry. Oh, and the old man in the truck is the guy they get in the water and drag. I him thought up. it was the same guy. 
I must have been taking a note. Two different dudes. Um, so they, Herman stands on the guy's neck until he dies. Yeah. And then we cut to Herman like crying in the house and the brothers being looking all hangdog like, oh, we Herman killed the to. rabbits. Yeah. Yep. And, and Mama, it's fucked up. Like her boys raped a woman. So she slaps him in the face and runs. Mm hmm. Herman murders an old man, and her response is, oh, Herbert, Herman had one of his bad moments. Isn't that what happened, honey? And he goes, yeah, mama, I don't know why I did it. And she's like, well, that's all right. You sleep with mama tonight. And that's when we get him rolling off of, yeah. uh, I didn't write down the actress's name, and I'm fucking kicking myself. But uh, her, her character name is Mona. Dude. Okay. Look, I know it's 1969 boobs and stuff, I but... I know about it, too. Mona's hot. Kinda. Well, her, okay, so... Uh, <clears throat> so I'm a nipple fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. You're on record you as know, said, having said that. So she has one that's that's barking at a, a bird in a tree, and the other one is reading the New York Times. It's kind of kind of weird. Oh, she got up down nipples? She, she I, had the up down. I did not notice yeah. that. All I noticed was Mona was... Very attractive. Mm-hmm. This was this to me was like caged heat. She's like fully. Yeah, she's yeah. Heard, heard it was cold in that room. Yeah. Um, but I, this is something I, I thought was really interesting about caged heat, and something I thought was kind of interesting about this, which is if you're watching a Corman picture, you can count on two things. Um, there's some that are like rated PG or right. whatever, but you can kind of count on two things in an R-rated Corman picture. You're gonna see breasts, and you're gonna see some fucking violence. Yes. And it's gonna be jaunty and fun because that's Corman. Mm-hmm. In Caged Heat, we saw a lot of naked women. And I think we talked about it in the episode. One of the things I liked about that was it wasn't just Corman found 20 supermodels and got them all. He got 20 regular women. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're seeing a variety of of breasts and body types. And it's fantastic. And it was. It was yeah. awesome. It was really refreshing to see. Um <laughs> God, I'm gonna. I suddenly am gonna sound like an old man trying to be in touch. Where I'm like, <laughs> I was listening to the Kendrick Lamar the other day. I just happened the Kendrick, the Kendrick Lamar. Lamar. The kids really like this Kendrick Lamar He's character. He's got the beats and the new options. I hear he did. He did the soundtrack for that uh, the the Black Panther of Color or whatever that <laughs> film was. The Black Panther of Color <laughs> or whatever you know. But like, it's one of them superhero pictures. With yeah, the <laughs> it's like uh, it's that. He's friends with Spider-Man, I think. Uh, but anyway, I was at the... I just happened to... My my friend recommended Kendrick Lamar, and I don't like rap that much, but I, I trust right. my friends. So I was like, okay. So I, down, I got this album, Damn, and I was listening through it, and there's this excellent line that he has where he says something like, show me something real, like asses with stretch marks. And he's like, tired of the Photoshop. And I was like, Bird heard it too, and that was... Bird didn't like Kendrick Lamar, right. but that moment, she was like, fucking A. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what I liked That's about Cage T, yeah. where I was like... I'm like, we're looking at 30 real people. Yes, two of them are naked and fighting on the ground, groping each other, but they're re- two real people doing that. Exactly. <laughs> and that was what I liked about Mona. Mona got up and you're mm-hmm. like, something about, there's a fucking awesome line that Mona has later about this exact thing where she says, what on me is ugly? Um, I don't know if I actually wrote the line down, but she's, oh yeah, it's uh, some, you, yeah, you know, some little flaw to make you really beautiful. There's a there's a b- brilliant quote by Edgar Allan Poe from one of his books mm. where he, he says, what, sh- what separates a true beauty from a shop window dummy is some strangeness of proportion. Yes. Which is like, if you are perfectly symmetrical, there's nothing for my eye to grab on. Did you say on. the Mona Lisa? I didn't. Yeah, but it's kind of like why that's considered to be such a beautiful, because it is sort of out of proportion. The way very slightly right. out of proportion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really love <laughs> ain't got no eyebrows. It ain't got no. I actually never put together that she has no. But when I see it in my head, I'm like, you're right. There's mm-hmm. no eyebrows on the Mona Lisa. But one of the things that always comes up to me is, or when I think about this particular thing, is Barbara Streisand. Look, whatever you got to say about the woman herself, the fact that she's never done anything about her nose. Her nose is one of her defining features, and it's part of what I makes feel, her beautiful. I feel like I'm on record already on the show as saying this, but I fucking love Barbara Streisand. I have some issues with her as a person. No, I. But yeah. I'm with you as, on as the, far as an artist, musician, actor. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was, well, and she's beautiful too. Yeah, and that was one of the things about Mona. Like when Mona stands up, Mona is by by no stretch of the imagination like a perfect like carved from marble mm-hmm. by today by 2019 standards right. but the that, definition of beauty right that's what made her so so stunning to me i was looking at her and i was like i was like wow i was this was i was really taken with how beautiful she is and i think it's that not being, being self-conscious real and yeah, being, yeah being real man and you can tell she's just comfortable being mona so the just to step back a little bit my notes about gonna sleep with mama tonight <laughs> My note is, right? Well, so even the devil's rejects are like, uh, that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Like Sid Haig's like, "Mm, I don't know if I I want to be part of this. (laughs) I'm I'm going to go find another family to fuck up. (laughs) And then just thank God that's not Mama. When right when when it ends up being Mona, Um, she has a great line too. When Herman Herman asks her, "Do you love me?" and she goes, "You're a customer, baby." Or no, he goes. He goes. Do you like me? And she goes. You're a customer, baby. I love you. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's such a. There's so many little awesome lines in here. This, by the way, this movie is. And I, I have a theory that this movie is an exceptional film wrapped in the camouflage of a campy mm-hmm. romp because the writing is crazy sharp. The camera work is excellent. Mm-hmm. The like the, the blocking, the performances. When you when you put it all together, you're like, it's bloody mama, it's Roger Corman. Absolutely. But if you look at just the elements, everything is ten out of ten. I have a thought on that. When when we get to I feel like this is um this movie has two different tones. Mm-hmm. We have pre kidnapping of Commissioner Gordon and post kidnapping of Commissioner Gordon. Like mm-hmm. they're two one is almost like a well, one is telling the story of how we get to them kidnapping. I say Commissioner Gordon because it's right, right, he right. played Gordon in like five Batman movies, but right. That is all like the history of this gang and how they came to be where they are, and it's not like a road movie because but kind of in a little bit and 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 his character developing and all of so you're telling all of that until you get to the midway point kidnapping and then kidnapping and that's a whole other picture. Yeah, these are two movies. You, it's almost like a double feature. As soon as they kidnap him, it's a whole other, whole other thing mm-hmm. happens. And I think it's better. I mean, I enjoy the first half. Yeah, I think once we get to that point, it skyrockets, dude. It For me, heavy. it gets heavy, and it it just it compounds how good. Not compounds. It it it. It stacks on itself how good it is. Honestly, the turning point for me is the moment when Robert De Niro rolls his sleeve up to show the girl the track marks on his arm. That's oh, when my, they're about that's to. My okay. Turning point. But like, dude, you go from like, yeah, my boys, ding, my boys ain't right. never do nothing like that, to you bastard, mm-hmm. the best one, the b-. that you. 
the if you watch the beginning of this movie and then just skipped to Shelley Winters frantic monologue at the end you wouldn't believe it was the same film right the arc is incredible yes Yes, it is um dude what like okay and then there's but it's but it's not just the end it's all through the whole picture Mm -hmm. when they do the the when they rob the jewels the jewelry store to get a ring for mona right end up getting a brooch for mama instead first of all Great, that's good writing. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, "I'll give you a diamond ring." Next thing we see, they're robbing a diamond store, but they don't even steal a diamond ring. No, they get something for they mama. get something for mama. That's fucked up, man. But uh, when they're like, he's uh, when Herman's about to like kill the old man. He's like, "Why well, don't I cut your eyes out and like feed them to your tongue mouth and cut your chin lips off?" And you're like, like "Herman, whoa. you are fucked up." And then one of his brothers go, uh, one of his brothers goes. Oh, he's got eyes just like daddy. And Herman... That I wrote, tags back, too. Dude, I wrote oh down... Oh, my God. I fucking wrote down Herman's line. He goes, yeah. It's, it's fucking nuts. Uh, uh, but we've talked about Shelley Winter's performance and Robert De Niro's performance. I think it's safe to say everyone's performance in this is excellent mm-hmm. this is this to me was as surprisingly good as caged heat i when i was Absolute, done I'm like, I was, I that was my believe. thought as soon as i popped the dvd out i looked at i actually looked i'm like you're about just as good as caged heat it's like i can't believe how, how good this fuck? movie ended i'm like up looking being. at the other side i'm like how the, how did you do how did you do this where did you fit it where all? the magic like, <laughs> where the magic happens Dude, he's the herman you can see herman's face fall mm-hmm. and you can see him become ashamed yes it's not just like all right well i'm going to let you go this time you can see him he's he feels like rep, he's like reprimanding himself the second he notices that the jeweler that they're sticking up has eyes like his dad cuz the line is yeah you got eyes like my old man you lucky son of a bitch. And then he goes, I'm sorry. Yep. And then they run out. He apologizes to the jeweler because he, he's like, I, we have acted shamefully towards you, sir, just because he's got eyes like his dad. <laughs> Dude, it's mm. chills. I just got no! chills. Robert, oh fuck, Roger Corman. Roger fucking Corman. Roger dude. fucking Corman, dude. This was so well executed. And it's still a campy romp. How the fuck? I don't Does that know. Even he happen, manages dude. to there. There is something because everyone's. Is there, is there like an earnestness or something that, that I think so? I think it's the because everyone's taking it seriously. They they're they not approach the material. They're like we're we're in a campy Corman, right? They're they're like, like this is serious shit. We're, we're gonna give it justice. Yeah, or do it the, justice. Roger Corman has become if you. If you run into he's the average person, a lot like, of them don't know, and then the rest of them are like, "Oh yeah, he's a campy B movie guy." First of all, I think this is an interesting point. AIP never released a B picture; they were always the every Roger Corman movie was the A picture when it was released. So there are no B movies in Roger Corman's oeuvre. He was always the he was always the main picture. Really, he was yeah. never the second. It was never he was never a B movie. I read his biography, his autobiography. They wrote like a couple years before he died, and he every one of his movies. Every one of his movies made money. None of he never lost money on a film. Interesting. Well, he's only spending like a dollar ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he the interesting thing about his model was he would make a movie and it would make a bunch of money, and then he would flip the original budget plus whatever was necessary from the profits into the next movie, and that movie would make money. See, that's how you run a business. Exactly. But I thought that was really interesting because when I say Roger Corman, you say schlocky B movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's. Never Where released, I go. Never released a B picture. That's it was amazing. always the lead. So I thought, yeah, I thought that that was really fascinating. And one of the things that I love about this is when Roger Corman's making these movies, 
he he is serious about it and his seriousness like you like i said you say to roger corman and they're like oh rubber monsters and goofy Mm -hmm. stuff but jack nicholson came through there yeah dennis hopper came through roger (laughs) corman you know like um peter fonda robert de niro jim Jim cameron jim they yeah james cameron was a was a cameraman for robert for for roger corman battle from the stars or some shit like where he made the spaceships like he was a cameraman he's like oh i can make a model like that yeah actually i think the only movie he ever made that didn't make money was the fantastic form film the one that well, he did that to keep the studio had to keep the rights for the Fantastic Four. The only way to so keep they, the rights was to was make a, a rush movie. Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Fuck it, I can do it in ten days." But <laughs> <laughs> using the sets from two other movies, exactly. Like, but yeah, man. Like Roger Corman takes his movies seriously, and that is infectious. You can tell that even though these movies now read like romps, everyone who's in them is is in Roger Corman's headspace, where yeah. they're like, "This movie matters. We're doing it fast. We're having fun." But we're not phoning. At no the end one, of the day, as soon as real one spins. Yeah. No one phones anything yeah. in in these films. Like, yeah, they're goofy as fuck, but everyone is trying their hardest and that's what makes them last. Yes. I'm sure in the next two months we'll run into we'll one. We'll find one. And it's fine. Like, that's what. The, yeah. When you have a thousand movies in your <laughs> in your total collection, you're going to come across some dog turds. But like. Um. I have a, even I mean, Spielberg even has some dog turds and he's my every, favorite. Everyone like everyone does. does. The only one Jim Jarmusch doesn't, but it's fine. right. Jim Jarmusch <laughs> doesn't. And Steve McQueen's fairly flawless so uh, far, but, but he'll probably have a dog turd. Yeah, he's only got five movies at this point. I haven't seen the newest one, but anyway, neither have I. Anyway, jumping back when they get to the uh, the fireman's hoedown, the fireman's ball, and they do the weird robbery. There's a it's like an intended, not intended robbery, and she got that one. The girl got everyone's attention real quick, dude. Um, she stopped down the whole festival. Do you want to know? My note is <laughs> mean, <laughs> but uh, because the one brother goes over and he sees a bunch of pants hanging over a yeah. line, and he starts st- or jackets, yeah, and he starts stealing a wallet. And the girl comes over and she goes, "You want to kiss me? You want to take me for a walk?" And my note for the brother's response is not with teeth like that. No, no. my God, I had the same thought. I didn't write it down because I, I thought so it was mean. too mean. But that's what we do on but this show. But she had a mouthful of teeth, man. It's it reminded me of Wizard People, dear reader, where <laughs> where is the lumber pile that he calls teeth. I was just she's like, You wanna take me for a walk? Grin. And the brother just vomits. <laughs> it's like there's Well, we could heat the cabin like, for a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry, miss, but there's no way in hell this guy's taking you for a walk. <laughs> that Hummer's gonna be all teeth. Like. I'm sure you are kind, but you are a monster. <laughs> Um, she can pick up radio stations. Oh my god, dude! And you know what the best part is? Is they're not that bad. No, but they're like, not. My first thought was just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so Corman manages to work in another naked person. Yes. Uh, oh, because of the two that are flandering in the in the woods. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's they like so the. You get a little bush. You get a little boob. You do. It, you get booty. You yep. get a lot of booty. And again real person booty. I yeah. liked that. But yeah, man, like the one brother goes to try and steal the money and he gets his ass handed to him. Oh, he gets like completely <laughs> owned. Straight fucked up. Yeah. The other brother gets in a huge chase sequence that culminates in two teenagers fooling around and he gets fucking caught and then they go to jail and here's where we meet Bruce Stern. Here's my note. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. This is my note. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Yep. Bruce Stern. Yep. Young as fuck. Oh, he's really hot. 
My, that's kind of funny because my first note is, and then I was like, "Oh, his appeal didn't last very long," because <laughs> he immediately turns he into immediately a rapist. turns in rapist. But I wrote down the guy on the ground in jail is the youngest Bruce Dern of all time. Yes, I'm fairly certain that that he, is historically the youngest Bruce Dern has ever been. Yes, he's he never been never, younger than he was now. never nope. younger than that. This is baby Dern. This is baby Bruce right here, fresh from his mother's womb, Bruce Dern, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I don't know. There's something about because he. Um, like we were saying, like the the beauty in 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 oddity or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some strangeness of some proportion. Strange, some strangeness of proportion. This is a great collection of words, anyways. But he's a sort of a similar for for the male face because he he isn't like that that steely look. You know, he's not. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. One of my notes is uh, uh, Dern is fucking incredible. The fierceness of his eyes. That's. Is I mean, the eyes are crazy. Crazy. It's, uh, it starts with uh, uh, Mustache Barker. <laughs> mustache Barker is walking on Bruce Dern's back mm-hmm. with the grossest oh, feet that ever. That feels great. But he's yeah, he's walking on Dern, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, my Herman my, would do a better one, but he'd break your back." Yeah, he's like, "Herman might just fucking kill you for no reason, right?" So it's better that <laughs> I do. I'm it. good. Yeah. And he's like walking on Dern's back, and then he sits down on the bunk, and he's like, "That was fun." Boys walk on other naked guys' backs all the time. I'm Tom Brady, you know, like, right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, sorry, I don't like the Patriots at all, right. but, uh, Dern stands up and he's like, he like, he pulls his, he wraps his shirt around his knuckles uh-huh. and he's just like, you know, you like that when, when guys beat up on you Yeah. and mustache barkers like, no, no, no not at not all. So that, that would, that's bad actually. When guys beat you up and Dern's like, wow. I'm Bruce Stern. And the brother like realizes some shit's asshole. happening. So he lays down. And he's like, what are you going to do? And Dern, dude, Bruce, the intensity on Bruce Stern's fucking face as he's wrapping that t-shirt and he goes, I ain't going to hurt you. And then you start hearing him. That smells really good. Whatever bird's eating. Yeah, no. She just walked through here with like the most delectable oh, gourmand. Bird. Oh. That smells really good. Your breakfast smells amazing. <laughs> Uh, eggs are like one of my favorite things on the planet. I got it's some like, hard boiled eggs. We mm. can shows, but like, dude, I'll feed you I ain't eggs, gonna baby. hurt you. <laughs> I'll bring the butter. Oh. <laughs> but but you see, you see, Mustache Barker start praying, and then you hear like, yeah, is he punching him in the asshole? I don't know what he's. I'm not sure doing. what he's doing. He's got his hand wrapped in a shirt. He, we know he's a sadist. Is he punching his balls? What's we? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's just punching him in the body. Maybe he's. Like just punch him in the ass. I like, don't know what he's. That's the who knows. That's the. Bro- I kind of like it because it's ambiguous. It's the genius of Corman's decision. Is we have no idea. Nope. We know he's we're doing something. We're that's hearing painful. some impacts yeah. and we're seeing some pain on Mustache Barker's face. And he's saying like he's singing like a hymn mm-hmm. and it's haunting. It's really screwy. It's one of those like Battle Hymn of the Republic sort of hymns. That too. was a weird scene. Fuck like, yeah. Let's sing a let's sing a song from the war when all those innocent boys was killed. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's sing for the Union. And she's like, the Battle Hymn of the Old Republic. And you're like, I forgot Fuck. you were a racist. Not the Old Republic. That's Star Wars. Battle Hymn of the Republic. Right. <laughs> the Battle Hymn of the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She by gets on John the piano Williams. and it's like, and you're like, damn, Ma Barker, you've got just those gold fingers on the, exactly. on the ivory baby he's <laughs> just rocking john it. williams is like i have an idea for that <laughs> he's like you know i hmm. always was a huge fan of corman 
If we're going to find out that that John Williams did the score for this. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he also went through the Corman school. Oh my God, so break my brain. The next thing we get is this awesome ass fight scene where we. OK, so we've seen what Mustache Barker does, which is basically like be gullible and mm-hmm. end up later on. I think it's important that we get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. Dern is a sadist. Yes. We, he's, he just is. Mm-hmm. But we find out that Mustache Barker might be. A masochist as well. I think so. There's a moment later where we'll, we'll hit it when we hit it, but like Kevin, his the Dern, Bruce Dern's name is Kevin. Kevin goes to sleep with Mama at Mama's insistence, and none of the boys say no to her. And Mustache Barker burns his hand with a cigarette, and like doesn't seem to hate it. It mm-hmm. seems to be like a like, it's a thing for him, right? right. Where he's, it's it, there's a very weird energy to that moment. I think I think it's funny, not funny, but interesting how Kevin rolls over him as well to get out of bed yeah. to go upstairs with Mama again, yeah. dude. It's like like we were talking at the beginning about the blocking being brilliant. It's That's incredible. such good physical work between those two actors. I pretty like I sat there, I was like applauding that moment. I'm like, holy shit, it's dude! It's great. One is 1969, and you're showing two men in bed together, and then you show. The one rolling over the other one, pausing, pausing, and he pauses in with between. his leg between his legs, mm-hmm. and he's like, for one, if you were to freeze frame it, it would look like he was a, those like two a guys were about to have yep. sex, yeah, absolutely. And then he rolls off and goes with the Mama. only issue that I take with it, but I also understand it's 1969. Is that theirs was a relationship that was stu- is all about violence and. There's no love with any of these people anyways, right. but like, so you know, can't really expect that or put that on here, but mm-hmm. I do find it's interesting that it is a homosexual relationship, but it's surrounded by violence. Yeah. And that's like how that relationship started and how it, it's a thread that runs through it. If you can even call it a relationship, it's just two men that sleep together. Right. Essentially. It's sex. It's all it's just sex. sex. Right. So, oh, but it isn't though. Cause right. It, because they do show. Well, at the end. Care for each other at the end of the shootout. When Ken, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to just. To just 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 so we can gloss all of this and have it and cover this particular thread mm-hmm. that goes through the movie at the end of the movie during the big shootout when Kevin gets shot full of holes and dies by Mama Mama murders him yeah because Kevin runs out on the roof to try and save his own life and he's like I'm not a Barker I'm not one of these guys and Please. she's like no you ain't you damn straight you're not a Barker and she machine guns him to death she almost kills his mother and Mustache Barker walks in with a double barreled shotgun and aims it at Mama. And then realizes like I fuck it nope, I can't family first, I can't right. shoot Mama but he doesn't want to live. But there is Kevin. that moment if there wasn't anything true like any feelings between the two of them he wouldn't have. It's a beautiful moment, right? Because again, he, that's like Corman showing you this. It's and it's a it's one of those weird things where you're like, wow, a, a it's a Roger Corman picture. It's a schlo- this schlocky rompy fun thing. But they but he's like, and here's how you know that their feelings for each other are genuine. He had the, the, the writing there. Mm-hmm. Like having him and then having him be like, I can't kill him. Because nothing is said. They're show, it's that showing you instead of telling you. Right. So then he takes his shotgun out on the roof and suicide by cop. Mm-hmm. That's what he does next. Yep. It's crazy. <laughs> this movie's fucking crazy. Um, To talk about. I think this is really interesting. When Kevin. Yeah, we're doing good so far. When Kevin. So uh, far, I know. When Kevin uh, rolls off of rolls out of bed. It's Kevin and mustache laying in bed together. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because he only has a mustache for like five minutes. I know. In the movie, but it's all I remember about that character. So they're laying in bed together like smoking smoking cigarettes and hanging out. Being and watching Captain Kangaroo. Or whatever, yeah, counting flowers on the wall. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mama comes in and she goes, Kevin, I've been promising myself you for a long time, and I want you tonight. And Kevin looks at her for a second like, 
you, you, his his eyes are like, can I say no? Right. And he goes, I can't. He's doing a lot of computations you can there in a, see it. In a you can quick. See, yeah. he, he's like buying time with the cigarette, and he's like running through it in his head. He's like, all right, what happens if I say no? Bad shit. She runs this joint. Okay, I kind of I have to do this. You can see him yeah. like, all right, I got to do it. And then there's a weird turn. And tell me if I'm. Well, that's how movies work. You read in what you're reading in. I think Kevin is being emotionally sadistic as part of a sexual. It's dude. A thing with mustache. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say a very. I'm gonna fuck your mom. This now. is a strange term, but he's cuckolding mustache guy with his own mom. Yeah. And you can you there's a, I'm telling you, dude, it's there. There's this subtle sense that mustache guy is like getting something out of it. It's a this movie. Well, there's a look of joy on his face when he goes to roll, and so why would he roll off in that way? Because he's what he's doing is he's, he's like t- he's taunting. This is what I'm gonna give your mom. He's rolling mm-hmm. over him, and he's like he's like you're not getting this tonight. You know who's getting this tonight? Your mm-hmm. mother. Yeah, it's and exactly then he rolls what he's off doing. him, and you can see like mustache guy be like, what the fuck? He's like he's like. You can and he see, can't do anything because it's, it's his mom and she runs. It's the a cool too. performance because yeah. you see his face be like, "This is horrible." But then some weird flicker. There's like this weird ashamed flicker where he's kind of like, "Oh God, it's so wrong that it's right." And then he burns his hand with the cigarette, and he's like, he, he owns the pain, dude. I'm telling you, like, ah, it's a Roger Carmen picture, and you're watching like incest cuckold fantasies play out, and you're like, what the, what the fuck, fuck is going am I on? watching? Yeah. This movie was gnarly and excellent, so good, and that's one of the beautiful things about the Corman picture is he has to skate the censor line, so he doesn't go so heavy that you're disgusted. Right, because this is all pre PG thirteen. You're P, you're G, PG, or R. I right, mean, there's exactly. No- but he also he doesn't want to. He can't include anything so. He- so harrowing or heavy that the movie can't get released Exactly So he skates this weird line that allows you To Im- read in whatever you want And to ignore whatever you don't like And that's the be- that's the power Of the Corman picture You know you don't ever get so disgusted With what you're watching that you're like I gotta turn it-. Like you know you watch Saw or Hostel There are a certain type of people who are like I can't fucking watch yeah. this but if Corman directs those, a lot of the sh- the worst shit happens off screen, but is so heavily implied that it's worse yeah. somehow. It's genius, dude. His filmmaking is genius. Can we jump back to Herman beating the fuck out of his cellmate? Yeah, because it's an awesome fight scene. Was uh, it's pretty bloody. I mean, it starts, he beats the shit out of him. And I loved how they did it. The, I call uh, him Herman Munster, <laughs> but he's Herman Monster. Wait, well, I mean, he kind of is. He's yeah. a total psychopath. Yeah. Um, his reaction to his brother's death later is fucking amazing. But when he's in the the cell, all right, bury him deep. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you don't want animals to get to him. But he's like, he's in the cell and he's like, God, please protect my brother. God, damn it. And he, like the prayer is so strange. And then his cellmate's like, this guy's crazy. And all this other prisoner's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, dude, don't do it. Fucking, fucking, shut your mouth. Too late. You, you don't get it. Did you never see Watchmen? You're locked in here with him. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> that's what fucking happens. No, seriously, dude. he gets rush act hard. He yeah. He, Herman grabs the dude and starts like beating him in the face. But one of the things I loved was watching how the filmmaking work, which is when he he gets the guy on the bed and he's punching. And it's so like whip pans and action and shit yeah. that you'd miss it. But because we're watching for the show, I'm watching carefully, and the actor's just punching the bed, like next to this dude's head. You can see him 
repeatedly punching the mattress next to the dude's head, but everyone is selling it so hard. Your brain is making the connection. Absolutely. You're, you're seeing the face hit. Because every time he punched the bed, I'm like, oh God, he can't, I can't oh believe God, he's punching, he's punching that, that dude guy. so hard. Yeah. But you're not like, cause your, your eyes are seeing one thing, but your brain fills it in. Cause everyone's it's why selling WWE it. works. It's the same exactly. thing. They're like, all selling it. When the fist is a foot away from their face and you're like, it'll but, never walk again. <laughs> but, but when Steve Austin sells it though. Yeah. If, if, if you're like triple H just broke his face. It's how magic works. Oh, absolutely. It's all look at that. Look at my hand. There. Right. It's committing. It's like I made the watch disappear. And you're like, you didn't though. You what you did was you hid it from me and then you did something and then now it's in another right. spot. But because but when Pendulette does it, you're like, where did it? When they believe there's a fucking perfect? great bit where Pen, there's a great trick that Pendulette does with <laughs> I like this digression actually. He does with a nail gun. <gasps> the doodunk, like the how he can there's, count there's the There's empty there's nails and then empty spaces. You've seen this yes. bit? It's fucking terrifying. Yes. He has a board in front of him. And he takes the he takes his hand, he holds his one hand up and he has the board and he fires nails in and then like He's everyone, like I know exactly where the spaces where the spaces are. are and then every once in a while he'll lift the gun, press it to his hand and pull the trigger and it's a blank space. And then he goes and he'll fire two more nails in and then blank space against his and he hand. He goes faster and faster. By the end of it, it's faster. like And what sells it is there's a moment There's a moment at the end where he where goes he loses count. Yeah. And he goes he stops and he goes uh, and then he goes through his head and he walks. And this isn't goofy either. This is like he's actually trying to work it out. It looks out. like he's scared. Like he starts to look. And you know what it is? Is there's what no matter when he puts it against there's his There's never hand, a nail. No nail will come right. out. That is how this trick works. But there's a moment where he looks terrified. And he's and he mimes going through it again. Where he. he and you can he's counting. out. You can see him counting out loud. And you're like what the fuck. What the fuck. Yep. And he, so he goes dot, 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 and it takes him up to current and he puts the nail gun to his head and you're like, no, you just fucked the trick up. Like <laughs> if you pull the trigger now and you're wrong, we're going to watch live death on television. Yep. Do it. Pull the trigger. Do it. <laughs> Jump. <laughs> and then invariably it's every time he does it, it's right. psh, empty against his head and you want to shit you're just yourself. Like, oh, I'm out. I don't ever want to watch a magic trick again. Penn and Teller, it, like for all the goofiness. Most of their what's g- genius about them is most of their illusions <laughs> and magic are they're they're based around violence or some sort of weird like body dismemberment. The bullet trick yeah. that they do is amazing, but it's cause it's about selling it. It is. It's about selling it, and that is relevant because Roger Corman's actors sell, sell it. it. Absolutely. So when Herman's Herman's beating on this guy, and they do this awesome thing where Herman's beating on a guy, and then he'll pick him up. And swing him to a new location, and he we, knocks him out of the cell into another fucking bunch of like bars. But it's editing is with the point I'm making, ah! which is because the guy ends up with a shitload of blood on his face. But you can't do that if you're not actually hitting the homeboy. So when he picks him up and swings him, cut to a new angle. What they're doing is cutting on motion, which for 1969 is fairly advanced editing. He's I'm moving this guy cut to a new angle and what they do is they apply the blood and then they're like okay get back to position now swing him so when he hits the bars his face is bloody how cool so this fight scene which looks totally fluid like you look it looks like they did it in one yep but it's not every cut they stop apply makeup that's so rad reek and then resume on a cut 
there by cutting on motion you you notice the edits less it's a it's a that and it keeps the keeps the action going it's never right 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 you don't never stop yeah corman doesn't well i mean whoever's doing the editing isn't cutting on like all right so we're gonna cut to a new angle now you pick him up it's he's already flying across the hall and we cut to a new angle and when he hits he's covered in blood and you're like holy shit is Herman just legit beating this guy up? Did they give him like twenty five bucks? <laughs> right again, another stunt person like we're gonna give you twenty dollars. I'll give you twenty dollars. Who's gonna and go fucking ham on I'll your tell face? Tell you what, when you get when you get to work tomorrow, there's gonna be a box of donuts over there mm-hmm. with just your name on it. Those are your donuts. And if you do a super good job, I got a special space in the humming tree for you. <laughs> <laughs> on the left side of the humming tree, <laughs> you're gonna love it. Um, but I just really liked that fight. Um. And then the next note I have, because we you, you mentioned it earlier. So what we get next is they decide to go and I think it's like right before they decide to rob a bank mm-hmm. together with Mama. And it's when Robert De Niro is sniffing the cement, the modeling yeah, glue. Sniffing modeling, glue. Yeah, sniffing yeah, glue. Yeah, modeling cement. Uh, I think you and I probably have the similar reaction to this, which is high acting. Yeah. Dude, it's incredible. This is our first nomination, I think, for I, I believe that dude's fucked up yeah like, i yeah. believe you are fucked up for convincing high or drunk acting in a motion picture dude he it consistent through the entire movie it, he's fucked up in some way when he's on heroin you buy that he's on heroin when he's high on glue it's a different thing mm-hmm. robert de niro is doing some very interesting things because he's like okay you could just do the you could nicole kidman it and be like ah. i sniffed glue and it's like I shot heroin and now I'm drunk and when I do marijuana it's like this and when I'm mm-hmm. fucked up on cocaine it's like this and methamphetamine is like th- Robert De Niro's like okay when you're high on heroin you act this way right when you sniff glue you act this way right and you believe it mm-hmm, absolutely it's so I was good. like that dude actually just sniffed glue <laughs> <laughs> early Robert De Niro full yeah, method like, uh, how about I just sniff the glue He's like, uh, you know, Roger Corman's like, now, Robert, I'm going to leave this up to you. Um, if you'd like to act, you could do that. Or I do have this pot of glue. <laughs> and if you want to do that, uh, it's a great time. Totally do that. It's a lot of fun. You're going to forget your early childhood, but it's a great high. <laughs> and we're not going to film tomorrow because you're going to be incapacitated yeah. by a headache. <laughs> you're going to be shitting yourself and forgetting how to breathe. Um, <laughs> then we get the bank robbery. Dude. <laughs> I love a Model A chase scene. Any it's chase. Best. Oh my god! Especially when they got old women wrapped around the outside of their Holy car. Shit. I'm like, are they really using Mama's these old such women? A bitch. She is like, get out of the car. She, and she's like, you, 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 and you. <laughs> All right, you two fat women, go hang out with my kids. You two fat women. I'm like, Shelly wow. Winters. I'm just gonna go ahead and say you are heavier than all of them. Right. Like you are the fattest woman of these five. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just like, saying. Nothing against you, Mama. I'm just saying. Like you're also fair. Like it's a pretty cool chase in old ass cars. <laughs> Any chase scene where they speed the footage up. Oh, so great. And what I love about what I love about this one is they don't speed it up to like Charlie Chaplin comic levels. No, they don't. It's just fast enough. They they speed it up to the point where they think they can get away with it, but it's Mm -hmm. a little too fast where you're like, 
Hmm. You guys are going 21 miles exactly. an hour. <laughs> and the bodies on the car, just they're wiggling back and forth, just a little too yeah, honky What do you donkey. think of kicking the dummy into the street? Fucking loved it, dude. <laughs> it looks so real. I, I was, was like, like ah! I was like, Roger Corman's an animal. Yeah. He's killing I stunt people left and right. I second, like, they just kicked the woman off of that car. <laughs> Shit. Mama's in there like, get off the car, get bitch. bitch off the car. And the, the woman, off the car. you can see the woman outside being like, I don't want to fall. <laughs> and then they cut to the exterior. <laughs> They cut to the exterior, and it looks like an old woman just gets like yeah. You you almost whipped feel like, off the car. You feel like they've got the like the the walkie talkie in the car, and it's like, all right, we're coming up on the bend. Kick Rosa off the car, and Rosa's is like, no 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 no. No, I don't want to go. Shelly Winters is like. Corman, will this will this be construed as murder in a court of law? And he's like, there's a very slim chance she'll die. Kick Rosa off the car. Rosa, we love you, honey. And then they fucking boot this old woman into the street, and you're like, holy shit, dude. That you can tell it's a dummy on like the fourth roll. Yeah. But for the first the three first rolls, couple, you're, you're like, like mm-hmm. that 81-year-old woman was just murdered for a Roger Corman picture. I love that fucking Jason. That, that dude. dummy looks so good. The crash, even the crash looks good. Okay. The whole idea of it is so fucking crazy and, and weird. I just love. Like I've never seen. You've seen in movies where someone will grab a hostage and use them as cover while they're the FBI agents. Well, if they use four women, John Dillinger used to really do this. Oh no, that's shit. where they got the idea. Yeah, Dillinger used to line the running boards of his car with because when J- Dillinger was robbing banks. The cops were still driving around in these like old dumb cars, right. like these slow ass cars. And Dillinger special ordered a car from Henry Ford. Um, Shit. He has the I don't know if he special ordered it, but there's a famous letter from John Dillinger to Henry Ford where he says, "Dear Mr. Ford, thank you so much for inventing the V8 engine. It's oh been my God. it's been like uh, it's been very terribly important for my work." And then NASCAR was formed. Well, that was the thing was like Dillinger would get out of the bank and he would line the running boards of his cars with hostages and then he would floor it because the only danger was if the cops took pot shots in town because once he got on a straightaway, he'd put it down and the cops would vanish because his car was so fucking fast. So and then he would take him out into the wilderness. Why does this make me so happy? I don't know, dude. But if you've never seen Public Enemies, you would dig that movie. Oh, I did a long time ago. But uh, The Untouchables is one of my, that's Elliot right. Ness and yeah, and yeah, yeah. Other so, stuff, but, but anyway, that's and they they even name check Dillinger in this. Like who you think you think we're more think famous about, right, than, Dillinger. than Dillinger? But this is something that Dillinger did was line the running boards. But he never kicked Rosa into the fucking dirt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Rosa's rolling her dress is Mama's flying up. a bitch, dude. Like, yeah, that was Bird's note too. She's like, why is Mama such a bitch? I was like. <laughs> She got sexually assaulted by her father when she was a child. Yes. She's like, doesn't she matter. She's horribly still violent children. Up- <laughs> she has the worst kids on the face of the earth. Oh my god. Um, and then the cra- here was my note on the crash when the Model A goes down in the ditch. The stuntman, you can see him do it. The stuntman's like, oh shit, we're not gonna flip. So he jerks the wheel to flip the car. Because the car like hits. Oh, he has to, but he has to crank it to get it to tip. Yeah, because the car hits and is like it's about to level out, and that stuntman. Nope. Bravo! He's yeah. like, I'll get this fucker on it. Yeah, roof. exactly. Like, I get an extra five dollars and ten more minutes on the Hummer tree if I get this damn thing to straight, roll over. If I roll this, I get a donut, five bucks, and a blowjob, and he just <laughs> cranks that wheel, bitch. <laughs> that, that car fucking rolls. I almost gave you another edit point. <laughs> <laughs> Clapping on Mike, man. Um, oh my god We is not sex preverts You understand oh, I only took your clothes away So you wouldn't run around so fast I ain't saying you're ugly 
But like, and the one kid be like, I wouldn't mind breaking off a piece of that big pink one. And you're like, whoa. The pink one, I think, is the like 91 year old right, 400 pound yeah. woman. What are, you t- what are you talking about, buddy? <laughs> but he wanted to reinvent the wheel. Oh. All right, so. Um, yeah, sorry. I feel like I need to know what that knife throw in dirt game is all about. That's the next thing. They're all like having. They're They are not playing by any rules I'm aware of. They are. So I looked it up because uh, because I know Mumbly Peg from Tom Sawyer from from reading Tom Sawyer. Like Mumbly Peg is his favorite game. I thought Mumbly Peg was between your fingers. There is some. No, Mumbly Peg is actually throwing the knives in the dirt. So there's a couple of different variants on Mumbly Peg. Okay. One is um, called Chicken. Where you are trying to get as close to your own foot as possible. Right. And, and whoever you, gets... I, this version I'm familiar with. Right. You throw the knife between your own feet and yep. then move one foot to meet the knife. Exactly. And your feet get narrower and, and narrower, narrower and, and narrower. And the other one, the one that they're playing in this, is where you throw the knife towards your opponent and it sticks in the ground. Mm. You have to be inside 12 inches. And so if you're outside, so so they have to move their leg to out where you're or out, in. out. So, oh, okay. So the idea is the first person that, that goes to move towards your knife location and falls over loses. Okay. So you. That's what the, they're playing. Yeah, that's what they're playing. The idea is to get as close, throw as close to 12 inches on the outside as possible. So they have, they have to move the farthest. Right. If you throw over 12 inches, then you lose your turn. Next then time? the other person gets to go. So each each one is taking a turn throwing oh, the knife. Oh, so if you if you get it within twelve inches, then it's you have to go whole foot and out. you go again. Then you get to go again and you go again. Right. And if you go outside twelve right. inches, then that goes to them. No, it always goes back and forth. Oh, okay, but you would just lose your next turn. No. So the way it works. So the idea, if the idea you is, you and I are playing Mumbly Peg right. Okay. Now. So I'm going to. You go first. I go first. So I'm going to throw my knife into the ground. Right. And I move my as, foot as far as, and then, then you would go. And next. then I throw, yeah. and you move your foot. Then right. you throw, but it's more than twelve inches. But if I throw, it's more than twelve inches. I, I don't. Lose. I don't move my foot. You don't, and I lose my turn. Then, then, then you would go again. So, so I then I go. Then do I go again because nope. you lost a turn? Oh, I see. I see. So okay. yeah, you would gotcha. just not have to move your foot because I went over twelve gotcha. inches. Okay, okay. So that the idea is, if I go too short, you're not going to move your foot a whole bunch. So it's what to we'll my benefit is, to try to... Why don't we... We'll play this at one of the, the barbecue. With, <laughs> we'll, with we'll have, not actual we'll, knives? No, no. We'll get big-ass knives. Sweet. Have you seen Even the, better. More, one more digression, I swear, and then no, I'll... No, that's all right. I'll, but have you seen the video of the two, uh, the two black guys playing Russian roulette with their feet? No. Holy shit. Okay, so there's a video my brother sent me. It's haunting. What? So there's, it's a guy. He's sitting on... He's sitting, like, kind of sitting on a chair, and he's like... My foot and his foot is out and wrapped in bandages that are bleeding through. And he goes, people don't believe me that I just went to the emergency room to get my foot fixed up. And they're both it, he's wearing sandals and the guys playing with her wearing sandals. And he goes, so here we're going to keep playing. He just got back from the ER after having been shot in the foot. So they're and they continue to play the game. So he put they put a Lip bullet just playing Russian roulette yeah, with their they feet. They put a bullet in a 38 and he hands it to his friend. His friend aims it at his not shot foot. Pulls the trigger, nothing happens. He takes it, spins it, points it at his friend's foot. At some point, there's gonna be a bullet. That's the dumb thing about Russian roulette. The dumbest part is his friend. His friend, like on the third turn or whatever, points at his not shot foot. Blam! Shoots his not shot foot. And you see like fucking flesh and shit flying out, and the guy's like, ah, screaming. Well, back to the hospital You're like, for you. Hey, that's interesting. Now both your feet are shot. What? That's dumb. I know. Russian you, roulette is the most you, well, idiotic game. Well, that and <laughs> dumb fucker can't walk. What an asshole. What's really stupid? Do you remember the. Do you hear about the. Mumbly Peg, you're going to at least get your 
I mean, it's still going to suck. You have a knife through your foot. Yeah, a knife in the foot is no fun at all. But, like, did you hear about the cops recently? One of them got killed playing Russian roulette. Like, three cops were hanging out drinking. Who the fuck plays Russian roulette? Sorry. It's, no, but that's that's legit, dude. At the end of the day. No, you know what? The people that would play Russian roulette should play Russian roulette. There's one. Because I'm going to tell you right you. now. Blow all, your head off. Uh, you and your friends are hanging out. There's right. four of you. You got your revolver. You're like, let's play Russian roulette. Let me tell you something. At the end of that game, you only have three friends sitting in a right. circle. That only ends one way. A bullet comes out of the gun. Yes. And somebody goes to jail. Why would you ever play that? So I have game? a thought. The people that think that they should play Russian roulette at some point should play it with just like a Beretta. <laughs> it solve a lot of problems. Well, there's always gonna be any any yeah exactly. Right? <laughs> Although uh, I did once figure out a way for a story I was writing. I did figure out a way to play Russian roulette with an automatic. You just need a bunch of mags, and you can totally do it. Oh, yeah. You, you just put a pick variable a- number of bullets in each mag, put them on a Lazy Susan, and spin it, and then you snap the snap the mag into the gun and rack the, cha- rack the slide a certain number of times. Oh, shit. I know. It's scary, right? Anyway, um, please don't do that, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> don't, we don't want to put any ideas in anyone's head Yeah, Measuring here. Flicks does not in any way condone the idiocy right. of Russian roulette. And when I said, I hope you shoot yourself in the face, I meant with Didn't mean not that. at all. Yeah, with cum. If you're gonna take a shot to it's the gonna face, be out, at out the, by the Hummer out tree. By, by the Hummer tree. <laughs> Just take take one to the face for the team, you know. Oh. And it's, honestly, the world would be a better place if that's all everyone was doing. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Let's talk about De Niro's like strange fucking all of a sudden like Oscar moment in the movie. Rembrandt. Yeah. So he gets, he climbs down, he walks down to the dock. They're at a, they're hiding out at a resort cabin and he climbs down to the dock and he goes down the ladder and he puts his shoes in the water. And you're like, ha that's so funny. The scene ends or the scene starts with like broad comedy. It's like, it's like slapstick is yep. where it starts. And then this girl swims by and she's like, my name is Rembrandt. You're crazy. What do you put your, why'd you got shoes in the he's water? He's baby Ruth and just, yeah. yeah. He's got his candy, which again, good character note. Cause that's a thing, dude. When you're, I've, I've known enough people who have gotten addicted to opiates. All you want is sugar. That's yeah. all you well, want. Well, your body's craving that. Lemon heads and candy bars yep. all day long. So she can, you're like, you're crazy. Your shoes are in the water. What is going on with you? And she climbs up on the dock to talk to him. And he's like, give me a kiss. And they start kissing and stuff. And she's like, why do you act so goofy? And he goes, well, I, I shoot, a lot of hair, uh, shoot a lot of drugs into my arm. And she's like, stop it. You're crazy. It's like, no, let me show you. And yeah. he's so out of it that it doesn't occur to him that it would be disturbing for someone to see that. And he rolls his sleeve up and he starts showing her. He's like, here and here and here. You see, the, these are track marks. I'm not lying. I, yeah. I do a lot of needle drugs. And you can see her. It's all the joy just immediately drains from her face. It's a really amazing. It's it's a Rod. I I feel like this is an important note to keep hitting as we do this month, mm-hmm. which is it's a Roger Corman picture. So yes. you're not ready for what you see, which is this woman's emotions <laughs> really subtly, yeah. so slowly. You can see her get more nervous until yeah. finally the scene and is then, flipped. And then fear is completely taken over. And you can see Robert De Niro go from being fun and happy-go-lucky to like, I don't understand why you're trying to leave, to like distressed that she's trying to leave. All through the mask of being dope the fuck up, too. Yeah, and it's it's this incredibly subtle flipping of the scene on its head. It's It's brilliant writing. Like the the actual dialogue itself gets a little is a little goofy, but the the emotional turn 
is so powerful and so well executed. It's yeah. it's one of my favorite scenes. It's a, it's a sta- in the movie. I was gonna say it's a standout scene for me, and this one I put my note De Niro. Yeah. Best high acting question mark. You can see seems pretty. Not only is he is he convincing in being doped up, but he he continues that and then adds a layer and layer and layer and layer and layer and layer on top of that as this scene as this scene evolves. Mm -hmm. It'd be hard enough just to do this scene as two people and you're and you're becoming more and more. Violent or scary, yeah. But the fact to do that through this fog, this fog of of being completely doped up, is unbelievable. And also, not to mention the fucking fact, this is his first outing. Yeah, like as an actor, this is his first film. Well, as far as I know, because I did a little. I mean, I looked into it, and as far as anyone knows, this is like the first. He may have been in other things, but this is the first one speaking, having a having a name. Like, yeah. There's a there's a line in here that I think is one of my favorites. It feels like a line from a, a who's the guy who wrote um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Kaufman. Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman. It feels like a Kaufman line in the middle of this screenplay where he's De Niro smiling because he's he's dopey. He's he's high on heroin and he kind of just doesn't really care that much about anything. He's kind of out of touch with. He has no empathy is the thing. Yeah. And his line is, she's like, you're silly. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not silly. I'm scared. And he goes, I'm scared of everything. I see a dog cross the street. I cross the street. That line is to watch him like smiling dumbly and just being like, oh, shucks. But that line reveals so much about his character and the fact that he's saying it while uh, whilst about to rape a woman as the woman becomes progressively more terrified yes. and you just see this weird he's like a child trapped in this hyper violent drug addicted body i see a dog cross the street i cross the street but he's like uh, as he says it it's haunting it's a really yep. um, it's a really amazing scene. i can see why that's the turning point scene for you in this because yeah. it is the sort of the moment where the record goes full scratch like mm-hmm. And Wait, you're like, this is real shit. Well, now. I think the next it's it's not like goofy shit with bank robberies and and women being <laughs> holding on to the outside of a car and a car. Ch- this is where it gets very real. One of the things we see and fucking disturbing as shit. Yeah. Well, one of the next things we see is Rembrandt tied to the bed with her mm-hmm. swimsuit all shredded. Uh, Yeah. Can I, I? I wrote the line down that mom. Well. Robert De Niro says she was just so cute I had to take a shot and mama says maybe someday we'll all have a shot at her. Yeah. Like holy fuck. Yeah, the tone does completely. I mean, they've been despicable before. This is a total this shift. This is a total shift. And as soon as they kill Rembrandt, mm-hmm. that's a I think this movie changes so much. There's so many tonal shifts. Sometimes I I felt a little bit like pushed away from it in a way. I'm like, whoa, this is, we got really dark here. Yeah. This is a different movie now. I was not expecting this. And then it keeps doing, it, it'll, it'll push you to the edge. Right. And then he kind of like brings you back a little bit. It's, oh, I, I feel like I've got a note and I want to see it. Um, or I had the note about rolling over homeboy to fuck mama. Yeah. That's the next thing that happens. Yeah. And then there's, oh, there's De Niro caught a bottle in the face. Yep. Um, so yeah, but like, that's this because that's when they take her out, and I think one of the one of the things that has stuck with me about the scene where they drown Rembrandt mm-hmm. is they don't want to have they don't want to have De Niro do it. They don't want to have Herman do it. 
yeah, they're like, we can't have someone in the family do it because it's it's Robert De Niro's girl, and we can't. We got to. It's it's breaking some sort of thing. They like, want to keep it outside the family. Yeah. And she goes, well, let's have let's have Mona kill her. Yeah. And Mona's, Mona's like, like, fuck you, fuck that noise. So they're like, Kevin will do it. So Bruce, this is the screwy. This is the most upsetting part about that scene is they are drowning Rembrandt in the sink. Yeah. And it's Bruce Dern. Trying to hold her down and she's thrashing And he's like I, and and mama's like Kill her fucking kill he's her trying, God damn And it. Bruce Stern's like you do it I can't fucking hold her down she's too strong And mama gets one big meaty ass Hand on the back of her neck <laughs> And just drowns her straight yeah. up and that's you can some see, kathy bates misery shit dude it's like nuts yeah dude watching bruce dern like he's gonna throw up he's so upset by mama what he's don't doing give a fuck though and ma- well she does because she kind of like wilts away from it after she's dead but mama has the resolve to do For what she second. thinks is yeah. necessary and she drowns him and watching bruce dern's face I mean, he looks at mama and is like Holy shit yeah. I did not understand Who you were Or or he's like uh, I was right I'm glad I fucked you And that Well no he fucks her He has this later After that And I oh, think that, makes, that, that plays, makes even that more plays sense That plays a then, huge yeah. piece Where he's like I just watched her Drown a woman With one hand Tonight Yeah That happened It's dude it's, Hours before Right Ugh, there, I have a I have a note Just on a line <laughs> As we move forward I told my boys You just rob banks And stay out of trouble Which is When It's when we do the uh, Have you seen Um Lawless with uh, Tom when it first Hardy. Came out, yeah. But so there's we've talked about it before. I, I have zero memory of anything. You gotta watch it, it again. Yeah. But there's a there's a bit where they're like they're low level bootleggers, low level bootleggers, just making shine some country boys. And then we do the thing that they do in movies where they're like brief montage, and now, and now they're, they got fancy cars yeah. and fancy suits and blah blah blah. That's kind of what happens here. They play some news footage of the depression. Right. And they're like And the rich boys jumping out of windows. <laughs> yeah. And as always, they're falling on the poor. <laughs> and you're like yeah. or landing on the poor. Landing on the poor. And you're like, holy shit, that is fucking accurate. Yeah, bro. it is. If you weren't such a racist, I would agree right, with exactly. you. Right, <laughs> exactly. I agree with a lot of your politics. Most of them are shit. But... So this is when they kidnap Daddy Warbuck. Uh, this is when they kidnap Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Um and dude, this is you're right. This is a turning point. Because I have a note. Seeing the guy Tied up and yeah, yeah, me too. But this is the uh, seeing him tied up and blindfolded. I feel so bad for him. 